Danielle, welcome to Future Speak. Even like the most skilled person who's already like high performing, imagine what more they could do just by having a coach, someone that can just serve as a mirror and say like, hey, did you just hear what you said? What do you like really think of that? That's the value of having a coaching program paired with these changes that are ongoing in a company. I know that we've had many conversations about the great work you're doing with organizations and what you're seeing in terms of the challenges that leaders are having now and the impact that that's having on the future of work. Before we go any further, I'd love you to introduce yourself to our listeners today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam, for having me first and foremost, and I am so excited to be here. So I am Danielle Francis. I am a former engineer who's turned a leadership coach and now instead of doing business process improvements now i'm helping people like reach their goals and helping companies change the culture of their of their environment and um, their teams brilliant danielle when we talk about the future of work i know i know that we've had many discussions about that it's very obvious that the future of work is here now what does that mean for you yes yes the the future of work is here We've been talking about it now for a couple of years, the future of work, the future of work, but now, especially in um, these like economic times, like we see that the world is more connected than ever. And companies are seeing that their employees have um, more desires, more values than previous before, or at least they're voicing them compared to others. And for me, it means that we, as employees, as people of this world, we have to be more intentional. We have to take charge of our careers, of our futures, and no longer can we afford to just, you know, just go with the flow, um, wait to our performance review, see how how it pans out. We have to be intentional in our own um, professional development with our own career planning because it's our livelihoods at stake. It's our families that rely on us and all of those if we aren't intentional about about that. There's a lot in that about the individual, right? The mm-hmm. the individual leader, I guess. What role are you seeing organizations play in that development these days? How and how has that changed? I think previously a lot of companies have just kind of put it on to the employee to figure out their future, um, to lead their their careers. You know, you have those individual development plans outside of your personal like goal setting for the for the company and you define it. You also get like a budget to put towards your professional development. But now companies are seeing that they are too responsible and accountable for their um, employees' career progressions. It's part of having like a path of um, upward mobility, um, developing those who do want to, let's say, move and progress within the company. You know, not everyone wants to be a manager. Okay. So what is the route for the individual contributor and having those type of mechanisms in place? So that is the change that I am seeing, at least for for companies. 
and the individuals themselves are also um, taking more charge. And companies are bringing in coaching companies like mine and others to help facilitate that that change. Traditionally, companies, they answer to their board of investors, right? The board of advisors and their investors. Those are the main stakeholders. They're seeing now that's not the case. We have a lot on the line to lose if our employees are unsatisfied. It kind of reminds me of, you know, like when we learned about like the industrial revolution and granted it's not that extreme, but companies then, uh, manufacturers realized they had to provide better working conditions if they wanted to stay afloat. And now people have options. There's like the gig economy. People aren't only focused on the company they work for as the primary provider of income. So what's in it for companies? They can um, maintain their performance because now they don't have employees like leaving. Also, it hits the bottom line for their finances, for their profit. If they have to continually and constantly acquire new um, employees, if they have high attrition rates, those are costs that they have, as well as delays in getting their products and services out to their customers. So not only is it impacting the bottom line and investors, but it's also like impacting how they deliver and their perception of their customers to their customers. So there's a lot to be gained by putting your by putting employees in the forefront and adjusting and adapting to their needs. With some of the organizations you're working with, you made an interesting point there that actually their their employer is no longer their main <laughs> source of revenue mm-hmm. i'm seeing it all over social media you know yeah build up a residual income build up a course online do this do that invest in crypto the opportunities are endless but the point is we are all as a society being encouraged to have more than one revenue stream all the larger employers are they adapting to this in your experience with what you're seeing or are they still catching up? I think that they're catching up. One of the things that has surprised me this year is that I'm having more coaches that have four day work weeks, not just like 40 hours, like crunched into four days, but legit 32 hours is what they work. And granted that comes with um, lesser salary. However, this is what these employees want. They now, their values have always been the same, but they're prioritizing them. They're placing more importance on the things outside of work. So companies are adjusting, I think, some more than others, but the general trend is that they're they're catching up. And like I have clients all over the world and it varies also by like culture because not every culture is accustomed yeah. to having their employees be outside of the office. And they may not think and believe like, hey, we can actually get things done in four days rather than five. So there's still a lot of work to happen in this area, but companies are catching up. And at some point they will be forced to because we'll have this residual income, we'll have more people looking for outside opportunities and those opportunities may get so good 
<laughs> they say, well, I don't have time for both. <laughs> so yeah. true. And that's really interesting because I've read a lot about the, the four-day week and I know some countries are actually looking to, to embrace that. What's the transition between, from what you're seeing, from going from that five-day week to making it happen? What does that look like? Efficiency. It's more about efficiency. And I've coached people from moving to the from the five day in their current role to the four day. So not only is it efficiency, but being able to set boundaries. So one person I worked with in particular was very keen on saying this is four days and what I get done in four days is what I accomplish. So that transition not only means like for the company, the same yeah. like, okay, we're going to have four days, but also for the companies to like, okay, that means we may have like less productivity. We have to impact our timelines, our roadmaps, and then for the employee to actually set some limits and bounds where they're sticking to the four day work week. And you know, being okay with not achieving everything that was on their list and somehow in that process, improving their efficiency as well. Um, so that's been one of the the two things, efficiency and the boundaries that come along with it. And this is really interesting because we, we haven't spoken about the four day week with any of my guests and yet it's such a big deal. So this okay. is great to be able to sort of unpack it and talk a little bit more about it. With your experience and expertise in this area now, what are you seeing in terms of next steps and how do you see this progressing, particularly across some of the sectors that you're a real expert in? So I mainly work with engineers. So not just engineers in tech, but like also like mechanical engineers and some consultants in those areas. And the way that I see it at least progressing is like first the company has to have some type of like processes in place that allow for it. Perhaps not every employee is going to want that because it also results in a 20% decrease in salary potentially. And who knows, perhaps in 10, 15 years or maybe even less, we will look at the four day work week almost as a norm where it's not so much as a decrease in salary, but we will have to, and companies will have to put processes in place that allow for the four-day work week for some of their employees have it as an option. So it's not an option for everyone. I remember years ago when I was working in corporate, one of my colleagues, his uh, partner had a four-day work week for a major corporation and she was the only one and she was a manager. And it was like really, really tough, especially depending on certain times of the of the year. And this was six so, years ago. Now we're evolving more companies are having this, but it, it means having these processes, um, understanding that your roadmaps are going to change and um, being okay with that. And um, figuring out like, how does this really impact the customer? But outside of that, how does this impact my workforce and my team and my culture? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't think organizations really appreciate the value of coaching. I know it's, again, I've been talking about it with multiple guests that actually 
the coaching world has significantly increased over the last few years. There is many, many reports out saying that the industry will continue to grow and thrive. What would happen if an organisation going through this transition hadn't invested in coaching services? What's liable to go wrong? One of the things I see as a coach, and it's one of the things I also love, is that I get to hear the inner thoughts of my clients. And oftentimes they just, oh, it feels so good just to get that out loud and just to say it. And I think by not investing in coaching, you're essentially like leaving your employees to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. <laughs> They're just there just trying to figure it out. So the, lo- the learning curve is longer. It's harder. It's a bigger challenge. We put them more at risk of like burnout and coaching just allows the employees to actually just get whatever is in their head out and come up with creative solutions to do what they're already doing better and faster, more effective, more efficient, and just improves performance overall. And without it, even like the most skilled person who's already like high performing, imagine what more they could do just by having a coach, just by having someone that can just serve as a mirror and say like, Hey, did you just hear what you said? Uh, What do you like really think of that? That's the value of having a coaching program paired with these changes that are ongoing in a company. Agreed. And at the time of recording this, which is, you know, November 2022, burnout is a thing. We're hearing a lot about it. We've been through a lot of change. We've got a lot more change to come. We're dealing with some pretty big issues. How is this going to impact the workforce when we look at the future of work? Where do you see your role evolving in all of this? I think my role as a coach and um, an owner of a coaching firm, my role comes in to help companies shape their culture. So not only as a coach, you know, we are primarily focused on the coachee. As a certified coach, you know, we are ethically binded to keep confidentiality of our coaches and like that's it. But there are opportunities to share some like high level themes that can go back up to the company to shape strategies outside of just talent development that can shape their culture, recruitment strategies, all different types of things that impact Um, their talent. And I see like myself, as well as other coaches and other coaching firms as um, partners in creating a culture of um, inclusivity, creating a culture of balance, creating a culture of performing in a way that works best for you. And as you mentioned, like burnout is prevalent and and many of like the talks that I've given, the workshops that I've performed, those who have actually experienced burnout, they still feel it in their body. It's as if, yeah. you know, they start working too hard and and their body's just like, oh, wait, what's happening? And they need like a day to recover so that they don't get back to that. And it's now time for like companies to start creating a culture of like those open conversations because people feel like they're alone. And that's what I think 
uh, myself and my colleagues can do to contribute to bringing this up the chain so that those who are the decision makers can be a part of the conversation and uh, like really influence and change what's happening in their companies. There's still so much to come. What frustrates me is we hear a lot of fear and I think we actually incite fear a lot of the time. Uh, some may disagree, but I, I believe we're very good at that. And that's another reason why the coaching community is, is so important when when we look at how things are evolving. When we look at particularly, say, the sectors that, that you work in, how are you seeing them impacted right now by everything that's happening around the world? Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you talk about like fear. So the tech industry right now, like this year, they've experienced like layoffs. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the engineers I work with are in tech. And it does cause them to, you know, like shrink a bit, to be a little less bold, not um, to be like put their hand up and to be noticed. And that impacts performance, that impacts creativity, that impacts the end results of what you bring forth to your clients and innovation. And organizations, you know, they shouldn't so much instill like fear. Um, unfortunately, the times we live in cause us to, you know, have some hesitation, but it's really important that organizations try to support their employees right. um, any way that they can in a realistic way too. Like we know that there's been layoffs, um, but being transparent, that's the biggest thing that I hear because like I'm hearing those inner thoughts and it's people just want to know like, okay, I know you can't share exactly who's going to be let off, but like at least give us some timelines, give us some information as much as possible. And that can help quell some of the anxiety potentially even some of the fear that's ongoing within. And once again, uh, when this happens, it reiterates to like people that I work with, I need to have my own. Like I have to have like control so that when these things come up, I have like a plan B, essentially. Yeah, I'm hearing that term plan B banded around a lot more there than I ever have. But again, I don't think necessarily it's a bad thing when you take that step back and and look at how things are changing. We've had it very good for a very long period of time, right? You know, we've there are many people and, and some in my team that have only ever seen low mortgage rates. But I remember a time where, you know, they were way into double digits and and yet people were still able to afford that house yes it's a different era yes it's a different time and adjustment causes change change causes fear and there's always unfortunately casualties within that i'm not taking anything away from that but i hope that actually when you put it into a perspective such as that it does negate some of that fear that we're feeling right now when you are looking at be coached and where you want to take the business. What's what's the dream for you, Danielle? Yeah, I think it goes back to something I mentioned earlier of being seen as a partner with companies. Um, my first and foremost concern is like the coachee that is in front of me, but I want to make their experience at their company 
the best. Like if I can be a part of removing some of the barriers that they have by bringing back up some of the key things, some of the key challenges to their employer and and changing the environment, taking down some of those hurdles, then I've done a good deed. And that's what I'm like most excited for when I think about the future of Be Coached and working with companies and partnering with them. One of the things we like pride ourselves on at Be Coach is meeting people where they are. So if you have a team that's having um, performance challenges or if it's inclusivity, we come to you and evaluate, okay, what's this baseline? And perhaps that's the engineer in me still like, <laughs> Um, you know, we still have to follow like a couple steps, but I come in trying to understand like what's the baseline and like where exactly do we want to go? And that partnership is key. And it gets me excited, <laughs> the idea and thoughts of like getting to that level with um, companies and teams. I love that. And the, the that excitement and then sheer joy at what you do just oozes through you every time and that's why I love having you around and asking you those kind of questions because that sheer energy is infectious and it's great so on a positive note and a funny question for you now what was your last Netflix binge <laughs> I I'm actually on a binge right now so I am watching Medici oh so oh yeah it's older I've never watched it but like I love history. Probably one of the things I didn't mention, at least with introducing myself, is that I'm from the United States, but I live in Barcelona, Spain. And part of the reason why I wanted to move there like six years ago was because I just like love the history of Europe and uh, Medici. That's an Italian family. And then even before watching this, I had already heard, um, have read about them a bit and gone to Florence and seen the dual world and such so yeah I'm like binging I'm binging that right now <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah yeah I'm showing like my like nerdy side that's fantastic Dave yeah yeah and before that it was Star Trek <laughs> now that's a goodie love that too mm -hmm. yes so anyone who listening to this today who potentially is a business owner looking ahead at their business what one piece of advice or one takeaway actually would you like to leave them with today one of the things that i say often when i'm working with a client or even an hr partner like they have this idea in mind and i usually end up asking is there some room for gray be a little innovative think outside the box there's usually more than one way, more than one solution, and in exploring that solution, that alternative, is where you really reach like the, the creativity, the innovation, um, the thing that pushes you to the next step. And look for the gray. And if ever you need some help in looking for the gray and those alternatives, Myself and my partners at Be Coach, we're more than welcome to help you along the way. Brilliant. Thank you, Danielle. Danielle, as ever, it's just such a joy to see you. Thank you for coming on the show today. It's been good to see you and uh, catch up soon. Yes, thank you, Sam. It's been good to see you. I always love having some Sam time. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs>